You are listening to Ordinary Prayers, an invitation to listen for the presence of God in the ordinary parts of life. Now let us take this time to prepare our hearts and minds to pray. Today is Thursday, November 22, 2018, Thanksgiving Day, and we read from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Today's reading rests in the middle of what scholars call Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. The sermon began with the Beatitudes. In the center of it, Jesus teaches what we call the Lord's Prayer. Now the teaching turns to what I call practical lessons. How does faith interact with ordinary daily life? Matthew presents a life which lives each day in competent faith in a God who responds to all human needs. Or as James Boyce states, the heart of faith which a sermon imagines recognizes and welcomes the reign of God as a gift and places all life in the hands of God. Let us listen to Matthew chapter 6 verses 25 through 34. Therefore I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, or about your body and what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the sky. They don't sow seed or harvest grain or gather crops into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth much more than they are? Who among you, by worrying, can add a single moment to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? Notice how the lilies in the field grow. They don't wear themselves out with work, and they don't spin cloth. But I say to you that even Solomon, in all of his splendor, wasn't dressed like one of these. If God dresses grass in the field so beautifully, even though it's alive today and tomorrow it's thrown into the furnace, won't God do much more for you? You people of weak faith. Therefore, don't worry and say, What are we going to eat? Or what are we going to drink? Or what are we going to wear? Gentiles long for all these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Instead, desire first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, stop worrying about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own.
Therefore, stop worrying about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. These words kind of caught my attention as I was reading this morning, so I googled the word worry. The search produced a litany of books on the topic. Actually, it was an endless list of resources, ranging from children's books to advanced academic studies. The fascinating thing was discovering the creative way authors titled their books. Each one was a variation on the same theme, Stop Worrying. On the Psychology Today website, Dr. Graham Davy offers 10 tips to manage your worrying. In his professional opinion, worrying is normally a very inefficient attempt to problem solve. I assume, since he is a doctor endorsed by Psychology Today, this is more than an opinion. It is a well-studied fact about worrying. Not only is worrying not efficient, but it's also unhealthy. So with so much information about the danger of worrying and how to stop, why do we continue to worry? On another Psychology Today post, Dr. Seth Gillian offers his expert advice on why we worry. His insights are a helpful guide for a pastor with a short attention span and a need for an immediate answer. Gillian offers five reasons why we worry. Number one, if I worry, I'll never have a bad surprise. Worrying prepares ourselves for bad surprises. We use it to preempt disappointment. Number two, it is safer to worry. In our minds, we think to worry lowers the likelihood of a dreaded outcome. Number three, I show I care by worrying. We fool ourselves into thinking worrying is an expression of love. Number four, worrying motivates me. The person who believes this way actually fears being complacent or unproductive. Number five, worrying helps me solve problems. If you feel this way, please refer back to the previously cited wisdom of Dr. Davy. Looking over the list, I'm definitely a number five type of person, although I do have a tendency to embrace number four as well. Number three is not really my issue. For example, I don't worry about my children as an expression of love. My love for my children produces a fear for their well-being that rests in my head from the time I wake up until that moment right before I wake up. The two most consistent professional suggestions to manage our worry involve learning to accept uncertainty and staying in the moment. As I read the scripture reading for this day, I find both of these recommendations in the text. Not that I need Jesus as my psychologist, but it gives his words depth to my soul. So much of our story with God is God trying to convince us we will be taken care of, no matter what happens. The characters in the Bible endure some of the most horrible tragedies, yet God is always there, comforting and sustaining the wounded. Our own worry often stands in the way of believing and embracing this truth. No matter who is speaking and what wisdom they are drawing from, these things remain true. We are not promised tomorrow, but we are granted today. Today does not give us the power to undo yesterday, nor does it provide us a list of tomorrow's problems. No problem can be addressed entirely until it appears. So let us live in this day and enjoy it as a special gift. Not a gift wrapped in paper, but a present overwhelmed in love. What worry are you holding on to this day, and how can you let it go?
Where do you need to hear the promise of life, the promise you cannot see? I invite you to pray your worries into the hands of God. Let us listen one more time to Matthew chapter 6. Therefore I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, or about your body and what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the sky. They don't sow seed or harvest grain or gather crops into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth much more than they are? Who among you, by worrying, can add a single moment to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? Notice how the lilies in the field grow. They don't wear themselves out with work, and they don't spin cloth. But I say to you that even Solomon, in all of his splendor, wasn't dressed like one of these. If God dresses grass in the field so beautifully, even though it's alive today and tomorrow it's thrown into the furnace, won't God do much more for you? You people of weak faith. Therefore, don't worry and say, what are we going to eat? Or what are we going to drink? Or what are we going to wear? Gentiles long for all these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Instead, desire first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, stop worrying about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Today we pray the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships is the pathway to peace. Taking as God did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that God will make things right if I surrender to God's will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with God forever and ever in the next. Amen. Now may God grant you freedom. May Christ set you free to love. And may the Holy Spirit go where you go and protect you on your way. Amen. Amen.